When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Hey, thank you for listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark. And this episode, I talk with Alice Janice and Sean Pony Heath, two friends who would meet on Tuesdays to talk and informally play some music in their living rooms. Those meetings eventually became the band of stars. Alice talks to me about how she grew up a block from the legendary venue Maxwell's in Hoboken, New Jersey. She began her music career playing bass with Gut Bank and Sex Pod, and she eventually met up with Genesis P. Orridge and played bass for Psychic TV for the last 20 years. Sean discusses growing up in Pretoria, South Africa, and how the music scene was the ultimate in DIY, sometimes meaning you had to build your own stage from tires and soil. Alice and Sean had written so much music together that recording was the obvious next step. Sean tells me about being terrified, but how being immediately thrown in the deep end didn't give him time to overthink the process. So go check out the All Stars EP Tuesdays on Bandcamp. Follow them on all the socials at OVStars. And if you happen to be in Asbury Park, New Jersey, stop by the Stone Pony and get one of Alice's Jello shots. Give us a follow at Performance ANX on the socials. If you aren't doing so already, rate and review us. Check out our YouTube channel and email the Performance Anxiety Pod at gmail.com with your thoughts. You can send support our way via ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or get merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. Now let's be like Pony and jump right into this episode's deep end on performance anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. All right, cool. Um, all right, so I'm Alice Janice uh, of Stars of Stars Band on uh, most digital platforms. If you want to give us a follow, you are listening to Performance Anxiety. Um, go have a listen to our new EP called Tuesdays. What am I doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm like okay, same thing. Um, hi. <laughs> okay, so. A big shout out to Homes Anxiety Podcast for having us on. It was a great time. I'm Sean Onihi from the band of Stars. And it would be amazing if you go and follow us on any platform by typing in of Stars band. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to fuck with that word. It's the worst word ever. It's it's, it's fun. It's something. I don't know who came up with that one. Somebody who really Really likes to snicker at people. 
You know, they, they workshopped that word. They yeah. had, someone was workshopping that at some point. They, and someone went, yes, dongle. They really like, did. If it were a moist dongle, that oh would be Oh my God, worse. that's too far. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, that was my inside voice. I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> So, uh, what I like to do is to find out, uh, to find out, I guess, get a little more insight on the new album is to find out how you got there. So I like to learn about your history, how you got into music in the first place for both of you. Um, cause I know you, you both have quite different stories and love to find out how you got into music and how you two met and started creating music together. So. Each these questions, the first few that I'm going to ask you are basically for both of you. So, um, okay. feel free to just jump in and and answer. So, um, when did you guys first start getting into music? Uh, how old were you? Was there stuff playing in the house that was really capturing your attention? What what really got you into music in the very beginning? Um, I I think. For me, I used to love to dance when I was younger. And my dad was a camp director in this camp in upstate New York. I grew up in Hoboken. So there was this YMCA camp and they would have like dance parties at the camp. And, and I just was always out. And Pony can also say that I am still always up for a big dance party. But I did. 100%. Yeah. Well, so is Pony. Um, but I, 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 I think... Uh, you know, initially music became a part of my life because I loved to dance to music so much. And then, you know, as I got, and this is when I was young, like super young, Okay. you know, not, not even double digits yet. Um, and then, and then when I got a little bit older, um, I did also as a young girl study piano very briefly and I was terrible. Um, <laughs> I never heard me attempt to play piano I've and, never I, heard her and I never would. You're so blurry. And I never would. Um, it's a ghost. This is my ghost. I oh, know. It's ghost. like we're doing this underwater. Um, yeah. <laughs> we could be underwater. Um, we do live by the ocean. Um, but then, uh, you know, as I got older, I started listening to more rock. And, and because of my proximity to New York City, and also the fact that I don't know if you knew of a club called Maxwell's, which was... I used to go to Maxwell's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I grew up a block away oh, wow. from Maxwell's. So as, you know, in my late teens and early 20s, I would go to Maxwell's all the time. Like, all oh, the time. Like, I think I lived there. I don't... I mean, I slept <laughs> at my mom's house where I grew up, but I, I think I mostly lived at Maxwell's. So I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of music. And, you know, just like, like going to clubs in New York city in the early late seventies and early eighties, like all of that kind of opened my eyes to what the possibilities were for me. And I think because I was very drawn to dance space was, was something that really spoke to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Pony, what about you? What got you into it in the first to start with? So I lived about 72,000 gazillion miles away from Maxwell's <laughs> in a beautiful country called South Africa. So I'm from the capital, Pretoria. Okay. And I grew up, so music is just always one of those things. I actually started only talking a lot later than I should have, never oh. stopped. But also, so, <laughs> they, 
like expressing myself a lot of the time. Bless you, whoever is sneezing. Oh, that's my wife. Not... She's sneezing in, in, in another room. <laughs> well, bless her. You, you, this is, a pony says, God bless you. She says, thank you. It's a pleasure. But, um, so anyway, um, growing up is a way of expressing. And just naturally, I always was singing. And I grew up on a small holdings where my grandfather's um, plant nursery would be. It was, it was on there. So it was a business. Okay. And there was about 40 women working for him. And they were constantly, while they were working, they would sing together and harmonize. Even they weren't singing, standing next to each other. However far, they would just sing really loudly and they would sing together. Oh, wow. And then I would try and sing with them. It didn't work. <laughs> but then I would just pretend like I'm singing in French, looking at the flowers. And also piano came to me. Wow. Um, my grandmother had a really big upright grand piano in her, we call it a fuerkomer, which means like the front room, which is the room that's like a museum. Oh, oh yeah. The room nobody goes into. Yeah, yeah, you could die. But she would let me play the piano there. And then my grandfather saw that I liked it and had an aptitude for it. So he bought me a piano when I was nine. And I started lessons on that and then kind of cheated my way through some exams because they would play the song a couple of times. And then I would just learn it by ear and not read music. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I can't still, I can understand some theory, but I can't sight read. I can't write notation. Oh, wow. But that's my story. Yeah. That's pretty wild. So, so you were singing from an early age. Alice, what about you? Did you start, were you singing at all? You were dancing, but. Yeah, I was singing. I mean, I did. I, I skipped over the part where I was sort of a band nerd because I, I grew up in Hoboken. And I don't think that any of us at that time growing up in those years in Hoboken were very nerdy. <laughs> it was still, Hoboken was still a very blue collar city. And um, a lot of people were really more afraid of coming there. So Maxwell sort of was, you know, taking a brave step into a brand new world um, before it got completely overdeveloped and became condo land that it is today. Right. Um, but yeah, I did, you know, I played in a, in the high school on the junior high school band and I, sang with the chorus. So I definitely had some exposure to singing. And I also grew up in a family where my mom had two sisters and they grew up in a very German household. Um, and they, they would sing three part harmony for the German club when they were little girls. So <laughs> oh, wow. every holiday they would sing, you know, Stille Nacht, they'd sing Silent Night wow. German. And it was just really cute. And, um, now that they're older, it's even cuter and more hilarious because I, they, they can remember like half the words and everybody's <laughs> always off key because wine happens and uh, oh yeah my mom will kill me because i said that out loud to other people but it's pretty great <laughs> so yeah I, I grew up also with a lot of singing around me we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors this podcast is sponsored by better help Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. 
BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Was there um, a moment when uh, you really thought that music was your calling, that it, it was what you wanted to do for a vocation? I mean, for me, yes. I I have always written songs in my head from a very young age. I don't think that I knew when I was younger that it it was just always a part of me. Okay. So I don't know that I knew that I could do it, but at some point in my early you know, I don't know, maybe 19, 20, 21, I realized that it was definitely something that I could pursue. And that's around the time I started playing bass and was immediately in a band. Like the minute I picked up a bass, I started playing with my friend, Karen Cool. um, And we formed a band called Gut Bank. And that That immediately, (laughs) like immediately was in that band. And, And I, you know, I feel like almost within, you know, a year we were, you know, recording and playing live shows. And it was kind of crazy how fast it happened. Um, And I, you know, a lot of that is uh, Steve Fallon um, and Bill Ryan helped to support us. And, you know, but I do feel like we were always ahead of our time. Like the kind of music that we were playing wasn't really starting to be played until like 10 years later. Definitely, we're always ahead of it. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was giving it a spin today again, and it's you're, you're absolutely right. It was definitely ahead of the curve. Yeah, so, which is you know that's a blessing and a curse, right? Like sometimes it hits, and uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> it's never hit for me. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, I'm still playing. Exactly, still alive. Exactly, it's good. So, but Pony, what about you? Was there a, a time that it kind of the switch kind of flipped, and you knew this was what you want to do, or was it always there? I think that I've always been compelled to do it, but I think when I started understanding the emotional responses people were having to it and the impact that I could have in their lives and the fact that through creative work, you don't have to necessarily become a doctor to have impact in someone's world. And I think once I started feeling the way that I was feeling about needing to make work, and that it, it stood and sounded to me like the truth. And that's when I kind of was like, okay, so maybe this is what you're good at. And it still hasn't hit for me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like in South Africa at that time? I mean, were you 
gigging around or were you just playing on your no. own? No. So, so, okay. Right now <laughs> I'm all like, I, at one point when I was about 18, 19, early twenties, I, um, kind of, I'd never rejected the piano, but it's not an easy thing that you can tour with no. or go play places. It's not like some rooms have pianos there already. Um, equipment there is incredibly expensive and you have to bring your own stuff, especially from then to now globalization happened and it's a little bit easier, right. but there also weren't a lot of venues. So I had this, <laughs> a rock band. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty wow. hardcore. Oh, nice. Yeah. We, we sang about sex. Whoa. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> no way. But we would put on like these, I know pretty hardcore <laughs> and we would put on these, um, in the area I lived in, there's a lot of like small holdings and little farms. Um, so we would just build makeshift stages. Or like we had this one friend at a small holding where he, it was a venue, but it was not a venue. There was no backbone. <laughs> you bring your own stuff. They give you a place where you could plug your stuff in and they had bathrooms. That was like the most sophisticated we've ba- ever played. Bathrooms and an outlet. Okay. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I've made it. This is the big time. Yeah. But I remember playing on a stage that we actually, this guy, his father had a bunch of like a mountain of old tires in the back. So we took the tires and we stacked them on top of each other. Everyone got shovels, filled them with soil and put old boards over it. Just so we had a little bit of stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's and then totally there was one DIY. weird bar. It's yeah, seriously. This is the old country, and um, like I'm saying now, there's more venues and stuff. And there was a couple of venues, but that was like more like super professional established bands. But yeah, with life was over when I was introduced to a smoke machine at one of those. I was like razzle dazzle. <laughs> you know I was enamored. You know, I'm the star now. <laughs> Or a vampire. Oh, there you go. They, but I've, I've had one or two other South African artists on, and I, I, they have told me how difficult it is to play in that area. So it's... It is. It's also there's, there's very set markets over there where yes. you can... So if I, if I followed a specific formula, I could have probably been a pop star in Afrikaans with the right elements, but I chose not to okay. because... It felt disintegrous. Uh, so I decided, why not go through American immigration system? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's that's so easy. easy. Especially, yeah. Especially during yeah. the era you did it in. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So that's what 23, I was like, let's try and make it here. And I was a little bit delusional. <laughs> but 146 years later, I'm on the brink of something being played on a radio. (laughs) You're about to, you're you're on a podcast. I mean, that's pretty close. I'm I'm on the performance anxiety podcast. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I was like, here I was just used to smoke machines, but now, baby. But we're looking like we're in a smoke machine. We're in a smoke machine right now. (laughs) Some kind of. Vaseline, like I don't know, maybe it was some old seventies porn or something. It was. It looks like the, that. On the uh, for well, the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> when everything was soft salted. I don't know if anyone sees that, <laughs> but there we go. I know, Alice. You you've moved on f- when uh, you started. You're in Gut Bank. You moved on yeah. to a, a 
bunch of other bands, including Sex Pod, which is awesome. Thank Love you. That, that album. Thank you. That, oh. Yeah, I think that album's amazing. Also, oh. I, I'm very, very proud of it, and I, I, I think it still holds up. And oh yeah, you know, there, there's times where I'm sad that it didn't go any further than it did, but you know, again, I think that we were like what's the they didn't know what to do with three women playing that kind of music yeah i can um, imagine and the world just wasn't ready for it and yeah. and i you know i do think we were good enough or maybe even better than that I, you know it's hard to talk about your own music and i think i can only say these things now because having had enough time you know a few decades since since that recording came out i can actually look at it without judging it harshly and wishing I had done something better or I sang something differently and now I can actually really listen to it and 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 see you know the beauty and and, and in some ways the you know not to say genius but also the genius of it like the you know that we were three women that you know were playing you know seriously playing music at that point and yeah. I think writing some pretty great songs and some pretty heavy stuff had, yeah yeah I mean, I mean, that's, you know, put on the gas kicks ass. Yeah. I think it does too. I still think it does. And, and every now and again, Karen and I get together in some form and we'll just play. Oh, awesome. Um, and we'll generally pull out, put on the gas and uh, sometimes go. Yeah, we, we've done it once or twice. I mean, not in the last few years, but we, we're, you know, we're due. I, I Karen was, was recently, you know, she's like, sex pod will never die. And I, and I do think that like, you know, it's something that, we enjoy doing from time to time. Um, sadly, we lost Tia a few years ago. Um, oh, I didn't even realize. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, she was an incredible drummer, and we were really lucky to be able to work with her when we did. And then you end up getting the gig with Psychic TV. Yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? How did, you get, how did you get that job? Uh, so that came ironically through this scene around sex pod where we were playing a lot of shows in Manhattan on the East side, on the West side, on the lower East side, we became friends with a lot of different bands. Um, one of them was the toilet boys, Eddie from who was in the toilet boys was really good friends with lady J who was Genesis is the wife of Genesis, yeah. lady J, but you know, Jackie or J. I call her. Um, she liked a necklace. I'm also a jeweler. So she liked a necklace that he was making. And so I was introduced to make a necklace and then, you know, was sort of put forward that maybe I would play bass <laughs> if Psychic TV were to reform in America. <laughs> and it was, it really was one thing that led to another. And I was friends with, with Jen and Jay for, you know, most more with Jen, like we would meet and you know, go have lunch at Odessa in the, in the East village together and, you know, have really incredible conversations. And I would make jewelry for her and for Jay. And, um, at one point we were, I remember 
walking down St. Mark's place. And uh, I think my boyfriend worked at a tattoo shop there. And so, you know, maybe Jen was walking me back over. So I, and Jen was talking about, you know, when we start playing shows and I was like, Jen, you haven't, you've never even heard me play. What do you mean when we start playing shows? And she's just like, Oh no, no, you'll be playing, you know, you'll be playing shows with us. So, and then that's, and that's, you know, obviously there was, an audition, but it was, you know, Genesis wasn't really in charge of that part. And, and that the rest is history. I played uh, the choral room and I don't remember if it was 2003 or 2004, but that was our first show. And I played until the very end. So almost Um, 20 years. Almost two, yeah, two decades. That's amazing. And I didn't really even get into psychic TV. I, I, I was I was familiar with, with Jen and through Robin Grissel and industrial stuff wasn't really what I was into back when it was all new. And so I didn't even really listen to psychic TV until recently. And I didn't realize how psychedelic the last albums were. It's fantastic. I mean, I was was listening to, um, uh, looking for you from alienist. incredible song thank you yeah we did get very psychedelic and and toward you know especially the last few years the last few good years that jen was having she was always just really grateful there were moments where she would you know and, and on more than one occasion would just say this is this is the band i've always wanted to have she's always wanted this like uber psychedelic band with members who could kind of facilitate that for her everybody in the band held down their end of it and everybody was really good at being um, fluid, which I think was important because we could just, Jen was, you know, Jen could be a trickster and and would would sometimes just extend it or sing it differently than it was, you know, five times before that. And we're all trying to like, you know, sometimes we would call it dropping the baby, right? Like, throw the baby and somebody's got to catch the baby right like so be like they don't drop the baby so somebody has to jump in and catch it so that we can steer it around so it became this like you know this is stuff that terrifies pony yes Um, but please don't throw the baby (laughs) don't throw the baby pony no i'm not a good judge yeah i mean you do really have to be in tune and i think at that point in our careers after playing together you know the final version of the band was uh, jeff and eddie and myself and then john was a little bit later on but you know certainly jeff and eddie and i had been playing together for probably 10 years at that point so oh wow anybody who plays together for that long like you you just have this like it becomes an organism that breathes by itself in some ways you know and obviously with genesis you know, with Genesis as the the head, uh, I don't know, conductor or prima donna or whatever she <laughs> prima, <laughs> prima conductor, the ballerina of it all. But yeah, 
I mean, it, honestly, like I'm, I'm laughing about it, but I, 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 it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life to be able to play in that band. And I felt really honored and I'm still incredibly grateful to have had those experiences. Cause I know that a lot of people don't get to do that. And, and it's another situation, you know, where like, we've never, I've never had that fortune or fame or, you know, I've always had to have other jobs to be able to keep food on the table and make ends yeah. meet, but I wouldn't, you know, what's success? But right? you had smoke machines. We did have smoke machines. And projections. And we did have projections. <laughs> we never had fireworks, though. Uh, it's, not it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not. You're right. I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pony, when you got over here from South Africa, did you just jump into performing? I think I read you oh, ended up in New I York, a, right? A little bit of an interesting story. <laughs> a little bit of one. Okay. okay. Little bit. So when I came to South, <laughs> when I came to America, I was married. I get my psychiatrist um, out. Yeah, get your psychiatrist. I'm going to lay down for this one. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and loved them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was jailbait. Wait, jailbird. The design I chose was jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran-owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet and help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. Married to my first husband and he um, was here on diplomatic mission. And when we got here, I wasn't allowed to work or anything. So I kind of played the role of dutiful housewife. You had a title. I had a, I had a title, but I can't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? So I would, I would, it, it's not, I wasn't a, a kept husband, but I was kept, but I had to earn everything. It was a very toxic relationship. And anyway, when the point came for me to, we were going to establish him in his career. And then we did that a couple of years into it. I was still writing and still playing one or two like shows. I can't remember what it was called. I think it's the 169 bar. It used to be called the Bloody Bucket. So, you know, oh, pretty wow. much stuff. Like, that's <laughs> not back in Street. Yeah. yeah no, I think I've actually I, heard I, the Bloody Bucket. It's hitting out there from time to time. Yeah. I once in a while played there, uh, but it's not, it was nothing serious. And okay. I used to go on Mondays. They had a Cafe Vivaldi who closed right now. They had an open mic night where you could go and like play. And that was kind of the things I was, if this is going to sound sad the kind of things I was allowed to do. And then when that marriage dissolved, it was kind of going through the immigration process and having to do other work to survive and not being able to hyper-focus on playing out necessarily or recording. But I never stopped writing ever. So that's been like the only constant, that and yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going through some of the songs, it sounds like the toxic relationship definitely informed some of your writing. And I'm looking yeah. right at the song, I Know You're Cheating On Me. 
That just caught me on a left field. Yes, you did. Yeah. You just, I've never seen speechless before. You just knocked me off kilter. I feel seen. Um, but that's so, what I'm here for. So the thing is, I the thing that I said earlier about the emotional responses and how other people can find value in it. And I'm not saying you have to experience trauma to be able to write or create beautiful work. I'm just saying that in my life, there's been a lot of trauma as an analysis. And I think that's where we meet. Okay. And it's always informed my writing because there's been trauma since a child. And I think it's also a form of self-healing, but also taking others to a space when they hear it, where they can feel that they're not alone or that they might find healing through it. And I think I met Alice at a hard time for her. As she was going through the thick of it. But I also think that when people go through trauma, they have much more compassion and empathy for others and they're able to recognize. They're able to recognize the same thing in others. And I think that's also why we clicked immediately when we met. Because we didn't meet in a capacity of like, oh, we're two musicians meeting somewhere. Okay. A brother actually said to me, hey, you should meet my sister. You know, she she plays in a little band. Um, you know, she band. makes little music. Little musics, you know, you, you should talk with a little bass, with a little bass, doing little things, very cute. And um, I said, okay, cool, sure, because everyone just wants a pianist for their sister, you know, because everyone's sister's a star. Um, but then I, and I met her, and we just immediately, there was like, an, I think, an, an, on an energy level or a subconscious thing, there was just a recognition of, this is going to be something wonderful. So it didn't start as a collaborative or a creative process. It started as friends. Wow. And then we're like, hey, you've got a guitar. I've got a guitar. Actually, no. We started with, you've got a bass. <laughs> I've got a piano. Let's make cute musics and little cutie cutes together. <laughs> and then never use the bass and the piano again because the piano is way too heavy. The bass was like... It was, we're like, we have guitars. Let's just play guitars. There you go. We're not the most proficient. Oh, we're terrible guitar players. We suck. <laughs> but that's where Jeff Burner comes in. So yeah. Jeff Burner does not suck at playing guitar no. or at producing. So, but if you can write a song with all the chords that Bob Dylan knows, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can do a thing, and we did. I wanted to ask you a couple questions, Alice. And, you know, we don't need to go too deep into, into this, but your first album. Sticks and Bones. What made you decide to go and, and make your own album instead of playing with, you know, continuing to play with Psychic TV? I mean, you were still playing with them, obviously, but yeah. you were you decided to just go out on your own for an album and, and write your own songs. Jackie, it's hard to speak 
for me is that I, I was going through loss. I had lost my very close girlfriend, Lady J and i lost my dad not long after that. And then I lost, you know, there were some other losses and, um, which I don't want to get too deeply into. Um, and I felt like I needed to write through it. And that's something that I do. I don't always record it. Okay. Um, but this time I decided that I just, I would, I would just record it. I would do something different. Genesis used to have this patch that she wore on her jacket and it just said change. Um, and it's something that I've, I've brought up with Pony before. Like, I, I just feel like I like the challenge. I like to be able to change things and do different things because I don't fit in one box as a musician. I can play different ways. I can play different instruments. I can write on different instruments. And that just, it, at that time, it felt like something that I wanted to do. I didn't know that I was going to put a band together and I eventually did. And then my son became the bass player. Um, and unfortunately right around the time that it was to be, well, we were going to release it. I, my son dropped his body. Um, so I just kind of, I didn't spin out of control. I kind of got back into control. And uh, at some point I went back into the studio and recorded one last song, which is you are the sun as a tribute to my son. You are the sun, you are the sun, when all is said and done, I carry you as one. You are the sun, you are the sun, until my days are done, our hearts now beat as one. It's still hard to talk about this, but I, you know, I just felt that it had to come out. So I released it in uh, 2014 and I think it brought my relationship with Genesis came to a different place after losing my son. Cause Jen, you know, obviously I also lost Jay, but Genesis lost their wife. Right. Um, and it like, she and I were both going through this like very complicated losses together and i think a lot of the music that was written by psychic tv from probably 2010 on you know you can you can hear the the loss that that both of us were going through because obviously i'm writing bass parts and jenna's writing lyrics and we did become very very close uh during that time because we i think we both understood the the complexity of grief so this is the first project outside of Psychic TV that you've done since Sticks and Bones. What made this feel right for you? What, how did Of Stars get started as an actual recording project instead of just the two of you hanging out, just playing music together? I think the pandemic happened. <laughs> and I had, way too much, I had way too much time to think about shit. And at one point, like... 2021 in January. Yeah. I just was like, screw it. Let's just record. We have a we have a lot of material. So much. So nice. Going through that. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Um, (laughs) so 
<laughs> we also, isn't it? I think the way, so she said, I'm like, yeah, cool, fine, great. She's like, no, we're recording. Put on your big boy pants. We're recording now. Pick some songs. Just pick some songs that you want to pick. And I think that we both wrote a list or something. And they kind of correlated, not maybe in the same. Like, well, originally, it was going to be single. Yeah. So we picked the two the songs first, and, and then the next three were a little bit. No, no. We pretty much picked the same three songs. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we recorded the EP and it turned out like some way subconsciously there is a very strong narrative through the way these songs are set up. And it's not just sad, 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 sad. It's kind of an introduction about like, okay, that, okay, I don't know where we are, but I do know we're born of stars. hopeful yes and where it starts with that and then you go through the dell and then you just start walking back up the mountain again where it's it goes back to the hopeful place you know yeah absolutely once we decided we're going to record it was once again a very organic natural thing there wasn't any like it wasn't overly complicated and then we let go and let Jeff on production and the man, I don't know what deal he struck with the devil, but <laughs> man can do some stuff, you know? Yeah. I've heard he's got some pretty unorthodox techniques. <laughs> what, so what was he doing? I mean, I've, I've heard that he uses interesting instruments and some really odd recording techniques to get the sounds that he's, he wants Did did you guys experience Anything like that? And what can you tell me about the recording process? I have worked with Jeff a lot yeah. <laughs> because Jeff was the guitar player in Psychic TV. And uh, the, the studio we recorded at Studio G in Brooklyn is the last studio that I recorded with Psychic TV. And so I felt very much at home. I think for Pony, it was a little bit more terrifying because it, it wasn't excruciatingly <laughs> terrifying. That, um, you know, so for me, I was going home and I trusted everybody. I, I'd already worked with everybody. I was going into someone else's home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think because, you know, Jeff and I did come from this very psychedelic place where we were able to be super experimental with Genesis. And I think, you know, Jeff was able to use some of those techniques that, that, that he had maybe honed in on some of it with psychic TV, but also he's a brilliant producer. He's been working with tons and tons of bands and he's just always so busy. I, you know, I haven't, I'm actually, we're having a zoom meeting tomorrow oh. just our, as friends with our, our, you know, one of our people that we used to work with in Europe, just so that we can all get together and chat for a while. Oh, nice. Um, Watching him work though. I think it's not just the fact that he's technically incredibly proficient, I think he's some sort of savant where he just naturally goes into this mode where he just starts pulling out stuff 
And it's not tedious to watch him work. It's fascinating because he kind of just reaches for exactly the right thing that he needs to make the sound. So he used, and the ones, I think I've started when he does that sick guitar solo, um, he uses something super like seven or eight pedals. Oh, wow. It's, it's, yeah, I might be exaggerating a little, (laughs) but it's a lot of pedals for one guitar sound. And he uses stuff that, some of the instruments um, on the record are actually novelty instruments, like an octagon, where it's a, basically a keyboard, but it works, it works with light. Oh, wow. So to get this sound, there's a whole <laughs> system, and you put like this disc in, the disc has holes that light go through to produce sounds. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I've got two of those, let's just use one of them. I've got two and of like, those. Yeah. So, I mean, there were obviously parameters. We, Tony and I knew basically what we wanted things to sound like, right? Like, yeah. Like this, the, the structure and the song was there. And then yeah, the song and the structure. And also we would tell him like what we feel in the song, not necessarily explain it, mm-hmm. but like the one was like, can we have a little bit of country in there? And he says, okay, cool. Well, I was going to put a slide guitar in there anyway. Oh, or a lap steel guitar. Better things? And they're like, okay, so you see me, Jeff Burner. Well played. <laughs> that's better things, right? That That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Storm has blown All the leaves from the trees As I'm walking down the street there's a dog outside, but I don't know his name, and he doesn't know mine, so it's all just the same. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. That's one of the last ones we wrote. Lot, yeah. It might be the last one we've written, oh. we wrote, and ironically it made it, well, we're working on a new one, but I feel like we're going in a little bit of a different direction. Okay. I think, you know, going through going through a pandemic together also not to get like we don't live together but we we live so close that that we we were getting together through most of the pandemic maybe not in the very beginning i also you know genesis dropped her body like right as everything was shutting down yeah in march she dropped her body on march 14th and then you know i came home and i just shut my doors because you you know we weren't supposed to see anybody and i and i had gone to a funeral and people had been sick and I had been at a funeral the week before and people had gotten sick. So I was terrified to be around anybody because nobody knew anything, right? We were all like, it's global pandemic and it's it's run for the hills. Like, you know, nobody really understood what it was yet. Yep. Um, so I came home and I shut the doors and Tony was probably one of the first people that I yeah. spent any time with. And we were both very careful. I I work, I have a small jewelry company, so I work from home making jewelry alone and you know Tony was working but restaurants weren't really open yet we weren't open it wasn't like to the because there wasn't sit down or any of those things but precautions were taken and we always we kind of made the decision that we both need to remain working on Tuesdays for our own sanity as well because I still and we stayed in each other's pod and um, like the germ, but I sound like a bunch of whales. Didn't they have changed? <laughs> this is, this is our, I call it our quarantine. Our quarantine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
She's a creative genius. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it kept our sanity intact. Well, if that's what you call this. <laughs> Such as it is. I've, I've really enjoyed the EP and it, the first track of Stars and Better Things. There's What I really enjoy is the, the contrast. There's a rawness to the vocals that kind of contrasts with like the dreaminess of the music. It's very... The music is a little, I don't want to say soft, maybe light, but the, the vocals. An ethereal quality. Yeah, thank you. Thank there you. Go. But there, there's, you. there's a rawness to the vocals that contrasts with it. And and, and then like in, in Up Stars, that guitar solo going through it at the end, it's just, there's so many things that contrast, but work together so well. It's really a great listen, both of those songs in particular. Thank you. I think one of my favorites is Dear Eyes. Ah, uh, so good. Oh, yeah, I, we love that one. I so. love Dear Eyes. That is such a beautiful <laughs> kind of esoteric kind of one more like it's a little darker than the others but rhythmically it also has a different feel because i think pony pony came up with this idea that we would have this like sort of percussive thing um which really comes from pony's heritage i think in a lot yeah, of yeah from where i'm from like uh, obviously like that kind of beats and tribal beats and stuff mm-hmm. and we wanted to in some way not tilt a hat, like tip a hat to it and just be like, hey, Piss, we see you. Piss like homage. Yeah. <laughs> and we had, you know, we had this incredible drummer. We had uh, Randy Schrager oh come God. in and play drums on those uh, Better Things and Dear Eyes, Eyes and yeah. Beautiful. Um, so, and Randy has played on tour with Psyche TV at one point, but also um, has been playing with Jesse Malin pretty regularly and with had played with the Scissor Sisters. So he's a really skilled adept drummer he's done a lot of session work and he's also a really good friend so um i felt really lucky that we got him in on those songs and it really was again it was like a family project in a lot of ways yeah the only person in this whole endeavor on this record that i had met prior was um mr weingarten and um yeah i've hung out with him because we played alice did a show at danny clinch pre-pandemic Mm-hmm. And he played with us and with Zeph as well, Emilia. So I walked in there also very intimidated because these are seasoned professionals. They all worked together before. This is a beautiful studio. The one soundboard we used was used on, um, interestingly enough, Saturday Night Fever. Oh, wow. The actually recorded the soundtrack on that. And then also... I was like, so not once again, I had to put on my big boy pants and I'm intimidated because imposter syndrome. And originally the plan was, this is when we first recorded the two, that was just going to be two sing- the two songs for the single. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I'm walking into the studio. We had like a five minute rehearsal the previous day. And then we were like, okay, 
Alice, and I'm like, Alice, cool, you go first. Yeah. I'll get situated. Yeah. And everyone's fine with this plan. Everyone. Then Jeff sets up and he's like, pony you up. And I think that also might have been one of his tactics. Uh, so I couldn't overthink it. It was just, it was just go time. Yeah. It was go time. I'm going to jump in though for a minute. This was uh, crying time. We recorded first. Mm-hmm. And Pony got into the vocal booth and nailed those parts like literally nailed them to the point that we john and jeff and i were all looking at each other like what is happening right now like literally one take we made him sing two more times but we all knew that he had the song in one take and i literally had goosebumps because he i mean it was just like if you listen to that song and you hear the the range that he's going to and like to think of you know there there were no punch-ins really Wow. It's amazing what nerves, <laughs> how nerves can serve you. Yeah, they sure can. Maybe it's, maybe it's that thing about going through the immigration system. You go into fight or flight mode, you know? <laughs> See, that, that served you well. Yes. Your immigration yes. trial served you well. <laughs> yes. See, it informs the way I work. Hey. No. <laughs> so you mentioned that you've got a bunch of other songs and you're working on some more. Is... So there is a plan for maybe a full length album coming out sometimes. I mean, I'm I'm out of money at this point. So if anybody wants to <laughs> yeah. come and be our Patreon, uh, that would be great. Um, I I hope that we can sell some of these. We're gonna we actually will put this out on vinyl, as I'm sure you're very aware. The backup of vinyl at this point, we ordered our vinyl in November. I don't know when we're gonna see it. It looks like maybe September, October. Wow. Um, and hopefully we'll have a pre-sale at some point. So, uh, but you know, once like if, uh, yes, I would love to go back into the studio. I just, uh, I don't know when I can make that happen. Okay. Um, but you know, if somebody wants to help support us, we will take it. There you go. Uh, yes. I'm more than willing to get married again and again <laughs> and again. I am not. But... She is not, but I am. Obviously, a sucker for punishment. He's younger than I am, so he can take one for the team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I am married, but I can marry again. It's fine. <laughs> I hope your husband's not listening currently. I, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so it looks like you guys have a few live dates planned. Are you going to be doing just the two of you, or is it going to be an actual of a full band with the, or do you have to pare down the songs and arrange them for? Uh, either the band or the duo. So for the Danny Clinch gallery show, it's sort of a little celebration of our release. Um, Pony and I are both going to play solo. Yeah. And then we're going to play acoustic of stars like we do in our living room. Um, the Danny Clinch gallery is, is kind of like a little living room. room. It's amazing. So people are so lovely. They really are. They're incredible. Danny and Maria and Tina, like and, and just amazing people. Um, so we're gonna do a, an acoustic version. Yeah, like an intimate, intimate yeah. little in my living room set. You know? Yeah, sort of a little glimpse. I'm probably I am planning to play with the two guys that I was playing with on Sticks and Bones, okay. minus my son, obviously. And I and I'm going to do it without bass that day, which I'm actually really excited about doing because I I haven't played with them in a really long time. So that's awesome. sort of meaningful for me. Um, and then when we do the Pioneer Works show, which is June 30th, 
we're going to do that with a full band. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Wow. And we're going to do a tiny little nod to Psychic TV. So there'll be a little bit of a Psychic TV set toward the end. Um, this The Pioneer Work Show is uh, during an art show called, oh God. Why can't we remember this? I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be so cool. <laughs> this is a, um, we are about one or something like that. Um, but it's a, it's a androgyny show of uh, Genesis and Lady J's work. Okay. Um, so, you know, I feel honored that we were asked to, to be a part of that gig. Um, so we'll do, a, you know, a short Upstars set with Jeff Berner and possibly John Weingarten. Oh, wow. uh, Richard Sleets, uh, Lino is going to join us on drums. So, uh, you know, we definitely are going to have, I think Emilio Zeff China will be able to come and play either bass or he plays with uh, Peter Murphy and a million other bands fit. Wow. So I, I think, you know, we have a lot of work to get to that gig at this point. Cause we definitely haven't played as a full band yet, but I think it's going to be pretty great. Yeah. And not intimidated. At all. <laughs> I can tell, I can see it on your face. It's yeah. I'm not nervous. <laughs> I'm not nervous. But... And we even, we will have visuals though. No smoke yeah, machine, but we're going to have visuals for that oh my set. God. So. My rider says smoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got no, We're going to have visuals. What's the guy's name? Sam Zimmerman, who was the, who did our visuals for Psychic TV is going to join us for that gig as well. Oh, cool. So are you guys hoping to do any more dates after that? Or is just those few dates is, is enough? let's see let's see where this pandemic goes i mean i'm reluctant to book a bunch of shows i have other friends who are doing it but i feel like every time my friends go out on a tour it ends up getting canceled and they end up coming back so wow i i haven't yeah we're just gonna we're at the wait and see point okay we're gonna do these couple of gigs and see how the world feels and and then take it from there that's fair in the meantime you know, we still pretty much get together every Tuesday. Yeah. It's a standing thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and Alice, are you still creating your jewelry? Is that still ongoing? I do. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I make a living. So I have a small web shop. Uh, it's Love Jesse Designs. Um, and I do, Genesis used to say I was the official jeweler of Psychic TV, but I, I do some Psychic TV related jewelry, like Psychic Cross jewelry, but I also do a lot of other um, stuff and I, you know, I do like occasional bespoke engagement rings and that sort of thing. Oh um, wow! Oh, nice. And then in the summer, I work at the Stone Pony. Oh for, man! Which is really, really, really fun, and it's the only thing that's ever made me feel cool. <laughs> <laughs> man, I used to the Stone Pony all the time. I don't know what it is, but when I when I'm like, oh, work here, I feel so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of cool. I'm envious. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. I make jello shots when nobody's there for the shows. <laughs> so I literally work. So I work in a room. I work in a studio by myself making jewelry. And then I work at the Stone Pony relatively by myself making jello shots. But then they do allow me to go into the public and sell merch outside from, from time to time. So oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I do like it. And I get to see live shows, which is really pretty great. That's pretty awesome. That and is everyone's awesome. usually happy. So yeah. nice to be around happy. Hey, you know, when the world is so full of sad and I don't know, like we're, <laughs> that's what music does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It uplifts. So, Genesis always wanted to spread love. Like Jen always felt like love was the the answer to everything. That love 
yeah. would cure wars and love would cure, you know, ailments and, and heartache and, you know, and, and I always felt like music is love. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So Pony, what else do you have in store for the upcoming year besides the couple shows and writing on Tuesdays? Oh, I, well, I'm trying to strategize how I'm going to go about finishing up some, I have some songs that are like half recorded. Okay. So I'm just going to figure out how I want to tie them up and All then right. see where I want to go with them. Cause obviously vinyl's not in the cards right now, but maybe just have a digital release at some point. And yeah, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed this. I've, I've loved listening to the EP. It's so, it, it's beautiful. Where can people order it? And I guess for now it's just going to be digital, but how can they keep track of, of vinyl and keep track of you guys? You can follow Of Stories Band uh, on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and Instagram, uh, Instagram and Facebook and, yeah. uh, you know, but most of the digital platforms, you know, we have a YouTube channel now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. we, we haven't populated very much of anything because, we, you know, we're waiting to release before we put a lot of stuff out there. But, but yeah, you can follow Of Stories Band at any of those locations. And, you know, we try to keep people posted. We've been a little bit quiet on our Instagram and Facebook pages lately yeah. because we, you know, we're waiting for the big hurrah. Gearing up. <laughs> to but yeah, but yeah. So you can, you know, you can obviously listen to it digitally um, for free or you can download it and give us a little bit of money so that we can make some more music and um, make that full length. Cool. That's yes. awesome. You know, and at some point we'll do t-shirts and we've got some stickers and oh, cool. we'll get some merch. And, um, yeah. We're lucky, you know, we've, we've got some really talented friends around us. We really do. For sure. It's been a pleasure talking with both of you and meeting you. Thank you guys so much for spending so much time with me. I've kept you for a while. It's been wonderful getting to know you guys. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you very nice much. You, you know, it's Tuesday. Go, you can write a song. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Love and the hole is not working.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.